Cynical Sheep is a listener-supported program. That means we depend upon you, the listener, to help us grow and keep the show going. You can help us by liking and sharing this podcast, leaving a review, and interacting with us on Facebook. If you have a question or if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, drop us a line at cynicalsheep.gp at gmail.com. Thank you for your support. Want you to get up this morning, skip around like a lamb. Well, it got. I don't never change. Oh, always will be This is Cynical Sheep. And tonight, Tony and I are joined by a special guest to answer a question, listener question. Can you trust the Bible? Uh, here with us today is uh, Joe Robodeau. And he was born, raised in Louisiana, has been a pastor for 20 years. He studied religion in college and completed his master's program in divinity. And while in Louisiana, he's helped plant Lifewater Church in Bossier City. He's currently the lead pastor of faith, Christian community in Anchorage, Alaska. Joe, how's it going? It's good, man. Thank you. Glad you're here. Yeah, glad, glad you're on here with us, Joe. Absolutely. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Oh, yes. no, we need professional help on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the first two things I thought when these questions came across, and I, and I told Aaron this, I said, the first one was when the questions came across, I said, who in the world that listens to this show trusts us with these questions? <laughs> and then B, um, I, I think this is probably true of most pastors I've ever heard, I've ever heard preach. Um, uh, there, there, there's sermons that stand out to, to me. Uh, uh, kind of, I just identify those sermons and that topic with uh, with those pastors, and and this was one of those uh, that I immediately thought of uh, some some sermons that I'd heard of yours, Joe. And so, anyway, that, that almost immediately I, I responded to Aaron and said, "Hey, we need to get a good time to get our first guest on." So, yeah, by the no, way, I appreciate first- it. Yeah, no, this, 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 I mean, this topic, just, I'll just say this topic is one of those that I am most passionate about, right? I mean, having conversations with folks who, who have these specific questions, you know, just talking through, I think some of the, the faith struggle that can come from someone who's really wrestling with this. So I'm, 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 I'm pumped to talk about it. Good deal. All right. I've got a couple of icebreakers question for you, Joe. And we're going to, these are really important questions, so take them as seriously as possible, okay? Mm-hmm. Are the mosquitoes better or worse in Anchorage? Uh, better in Anchorage. Better, like way better in Anchorage. Uh, Alaska is known for like like mosquitoes, but it, it's sort of more like southern Alaska, Juneau, or like interior Alaska. Anchorage, where we are, we get like 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 big dumb slow mosquitoes, and so you know I I think I've been bitten three times in our four years up here, right? So that's you know just to give you a, a sense of not 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 too bad, not too bad up here. I think I've been bitten three times today. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to yep, move yep. to Alaska, folks, and Arkansas. You can <laughs> uh, Southern Alaska is where to go. Uh, second question. What type of worshiper are you? Are you the, uh, I don't know if you listened to previous podcasts. Um, and probably not if you're, if you're a guest here today. So. 
So I, I, I did not catch the last one. So yeah, give me, give me, give me the, give me the backstory there on what kind of worshiper right. are you? Are you, uh, are you the like a, the Superman? There's the Superman. There's the oh. don't shoot. There's the <laughs> and the casserole holder. Oh man, so good, so good. Um, I'm whichever one tends to like start one arm up. You know, mm-hmm. and then like over the course of like you get into the second song and the second arm starts to like 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 come up too. So I don't know if that has a, a cute name or not, but that's that's Superman. You have to pace yeah. yourself. That's that's your work. You have to pace yourself. Uh, yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> and and don't feel don't feel bad. You are in the majority as not being a non-listener. That puts you in the majority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get to the meat of the episode. Um, this week, we got a listener question. Deb from Arkansas writes, I've got a brother-in-law who doesn't really believe in what the Bible says because he believes that's gone through so much change through the years that men have taken out and put in what they wanted to say. He also believes it's foolish to think there's only one way to be saved since there's so many types of religions around the world and who's to say that their Bibles or their religious texts aren't true. He himself claims to be saved and also says he's quote spiritual. Can you turn a person like this around? Also the second top, the second question I have is can you be saved without believing the Bible? So the first question I wanted to bring up with that was, has the Bible gone through so many translations, so many hands that the original meaning has been edited or twisted or inspired by someone else's bias? Mm-hmm. How long are your episodes generally? I probably should have asked that before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> until, until my... Uh, until the girls could start coming in and, and banging pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, so I could, again, I could talk about this for, for a long time, but I, I want to, you know, I do want to sort of kind of make sure that, that we kind of have a conversation around this and, and certainly can, can go for, for whatever you guys need. Um, you know, I, let, let me kind of answer the first part of that, or well, not the first part of that, but you know, um, it seems to me like you're uh, the listener sounds like they have a little bit of a contentious relationship potentially right with uh with the individual described uh, the first thing i would say is is um you know paul talks about winning people to christ and, and i and I, 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 hi- I highlight that because you know the the one thing that i don't think we're ever going to be able to do is argue someone into heaven, right? You know, I think I think sort of the, the our approach matters, right? You know, the heart behind the approach matters. And so that's the first thing I just would say is it is awesome to want to gather this information. It's awesome to want to sort of dive into this information. I find this stuff fascinating personally. Um, but yeah, let me just, I, I just, I would encourage, uh, was it Deb? Was that the, was that where the question came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. just my just encouragement of, 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 I think as a Jesus follower, we are called to be gentle, even with those that maybe aren't gentle towards us, right? So that's just the first thing I would say is like, is please don't take, you know, this information 
and you know feel like you've got you know the hammer to to bring to thanksgiving this year right you know to, to win the argument over the casseroles and and all, and all that so so let me i guess i'll take this a couple different ways and then you guys please stop me please ask questions jump in um you know th there are people there are definitely people out there there are definitely text critical scholars out there who would claim that we can't know uh, therefore, we can't accept it as if it were not, you know, tampered with or so on and so forth. Um, guys like Bart Ehrman, right? Bart Ehrman is um, a very progressive text critical scholar. Um, you know, he was on The Daily Show one time and, and, and while he was there, he talked about how there are more text variants than there are words in the New Testament. And what, what he means by text variants are like, differences right in like the text across you know the different translations we have and here's the deal that's actually true there are more text variants than there are words in all of the bible there's 140,000 words in the bible there's about 400,000 text variants amongst all the manuscripts that we do have however however there's more to the story than that and Bart, and Bart Ehrman knows there's more to the story than that he just doesn't necessarily always always share that and so what I would love to kind of just just break down a little bit are the different kinds of text variants because this, this is where I think people um, there are a lot of reasons I think like like legit reasons for people to have doubts and for people to struggle with faith this is actually not one of them this is one that I think is misinterpreted and this is one of them that I think is has led to people using things like, oh, we can't know if the Bible is what they originally wrote, therefore we can't trust it. That actually isn't a great argument, and, and, and I'll tell you why, okay? So, so three questions I, I do want to make sure that we kind of cover when it comes to this question are what are the kinds of, what, what, are, the what are the text variants? Like what kinds of text variants exist out there? Uh, and it's, it's, it's a question of one quantity, uh, quality and then orthodoxy. And, and, and what I mean by that is quantity. Okay. How many like alterations are there? Like in comparison, what kinds of, of alterations are there? Right. The, the quality is like, do any of them actually change the meaning? Right. So if you, if you, if you have a variant in, in two different sentences, this is actually change the meaning of a passage of scripture. And then the third is orthodoxy, which is what beliefs hinge on suspect passages of scripture like are there passages to where it, it would totally change the meaning thus potentially like cause a, a faith uproar um if if that were the case and so to try to make again this is, is all kind of heavy but let me try try to make this kind of clear so the quantity as i said a second ago the quantity is there's 400,000 words i'm sorry it's 140,000 words there's 400,000 variants it's about 2.5 variants uh per word okay here's what's cool about that though is the reason there are so many variants is because we have so many manuscripts okay we have so many ancient manuscripts that have led to us having this many variants if all we had were two ancient manuscripts we wouldn't have very many variants right and, and we we actually have so many manuscripts and so many variants that we can sort of trace the genealogy of where a certain variant came from or like where a monk copying something down made a mistake, they fell asleep and wrote a wrong word or something. Like we can actually trace that kind of stuff back because we have so many, uh, so many manuscripts. I mean, we have, we have between, between Greek and Latin and other ancient languages, there's almost 25,000 ancient manuscripts that we have of the New Testament, which by the way is 
way more than we have of of like all of like ancient Roman history, which we write textbooks off of. Okay, right. I mean, that's just that's something that I think people don't really talk about is our high school textbooks are based off of fewer manuscripts than our Bible is. Right. And uh, yeah, documents and things that we don't question at all. That We don't question at all. Exactly. That we don't we just assume exactly the way that they that's exactly that's exactly right. So. Um, that's, that's a big thing is, 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 is we should realize that. So the, the real quick, the quality, like the kinds of variations, this is the part where I, this is why I would say that these, that someone who would use that argument, that is, it's not an argument to use is the quality. So there's four kinds of, of variations. The first one is spelling. Okay. So like spelling variations, um, the name John. So the name John in Greek can be spelled two ways, just like it can today. So, you know, today it's either J-O-N or J-O-H-N, right? So in Greek, it was one N or two Ns, okay? And so spelling differences amongst all the manuscripts make up 70% of those 400,000 variations, right? Wow. And again, guys like Bart Ehrman know that. Like they know, <laughs> they know that, 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 but, you know, but they don't necessarily talk about it. Um, no. The second, the second kind are alterations that can't be translated, and and what I mean by that is, is Greek is a really highly inflected language, so if you were to take the three word phrase Jesus loves Peter, okay, in Greek like word order doesn't matter because there's little participles that tell you what the subject is and what the object is and and, and all of that, and so and so in Greek a three word sentence like the one I just told you can be written 500 different ways, like literally 500 different ways with different participles and the way that you can put that out there. Um, And so because of that, like there was a guy who one time tried to count how many variations you could have in a Greek New Testament. And he gave up when he got to 10 million. Like he was just like, it's too many. I can't, I can't even, I can't even go here. And so all that to say 400,000 is actually a really, really tiny number compared to what could be. Now, you add those two together, spelling and those sorts of alterations, you have over 99% of the text variants in, in the Bible, okay? So, I mean, almost all of them fall into those two categories. Um, the third category are meaningful, but not viable. What that means is like, there's a real word there, but we know that whoever was copying it down just made a mistake. And the example I, that I, I give with that, it's First Thessalonians 2, 7, which which says, and we were gentle among you. So the Greek word there is opioi agonathia. Another translation is we were little children among you, which is napioi agonathia. So it's the difference literally between one letter there. Well, there's one translation that says hippioi agonathia, which means we were horses among you. We know that that's not right. Like that was not accurately translated. Like the guy, well, oh, wow. you know, well, fell asleep or, you know, decided to like, you know, to be a funny guy or something whenever he was like translating <laughs> that, right? So again, now we're talking about well over 99%. And then the last thing, this is what, again, this is what people do when it kind of hang, hang on. And again, I just wanted to kind of illustrate that these are such small, small, small parts of that, of that bigger number which is the meaningful and viable, okay? Which is that there are the, the translations where it actually changes the meaning of something uh, to the point where we need to like address it. And, and an example of that is Revelation 13, 18, which says, and the number of the beast shall be, we all know, 666, right? Yeah. Well, there are some manuscripts that say 616. Um, and in fact, about 15 years ago, they found some of the oldest revelation manuscripts 
that have ever been found. And in those manuscripts, it said 616, not 666. Okay. So we don't know, actually, we don't really know like what the number of the beast is. But my question, I guess, is how does that really change your faith? Right. <laughs> like, like, is your faith founded on, you know, I mean, how many, how many like church websites out there, you know, say something like, well, we believe Jesus is the son of God. We believe in the Trinity and the second coming of Christ and the number of the beast is six, six, six. Right. Like, like that's, like that doesn't, that's not, a, that's a, yeah. you know, so <laughs> So all that again, all that to say, like, like, it, are are there some that fall into that category? Absolutely. However, we have, I mean, the, the other thing I said with throw out there is that modern translations of the Bible use all six thousand Greek manuscripts that we have, some of which date back to the first century, around ninety to hundred uh, A.D. You know, I, I might get in trouble with you know you guys or some of your listeners, but like, say the the King James, the King James version of the Bible. Um, used six manuscripts, the oldest of which came from 1200 AD, right? So, so our modern manuscripts are actually getting closer to the original text than even some of the older manuscripts that maybe some people um, prefer or hang on or, or, or so on. So, well, let me throw this out there too. This, this, is, this gets back to the question of like, has the Bible been, been altered? Okay, so um, a great example, uh, I was, I've been talking about the New Testament. So let me, let me give you one Old mm-hmm. Testament example. So the oldest uh, Old Testament copy of the book of Isaiah that we had until 1946 was from 1008 AD. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, Isaiah 53 has a p- certain passage that seems to really sound very similar to the crucifixion of Jesus. And so it was argued for a really long time, oh, the Christians changed that. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's why it reads the way that it does. And look, our oldest copy is from 1000 AD. So there's no way they can say they didn't change it. Well, finally, in 1946, uh, we did find a copy of the book of Isaiah from before Christ. And it read ex- literally exactly the same as, as the Isaiah that we have in our, uh, in, in our modern Bibles that some of which may have came from 1000 AD. And so has the Bible been tra- changed, transmogrified? I mean, all the, no, it actually, we can, we can say with pretty accurate certainty, no, the Bible hasn't actually been changed over the course of time. Now, whether or not you still believe in it, obviously that's a different, a completely different question. But for someone who, I do think, I think this is an important question to answer, because I do think there are a lot of people who are struggling with how can I know it's true? How can I trust it? How can I know that people didn't change it over time? Well, fortunately, we can say and we can trace back again over the course of many, many, many manuscripts dating back to within, you know, within a few decades of Jesus's time on our earth, that it is what we have today is what they wrote back then. Gotcha. Yeah. So to kind of wrap that, that so essentially, uh, we, we, to answer that, we're dealing with just manuscripts upon manuscripts that are available that have a uh, 99% of which um, the discrepancies in which uh, can be included in the two two categories that are relatively harmless categories. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Spelling and, you know, little alterations that ultimately change absolutely nothing in terms of how they're translated into English. Yep. Yep. That's Not right. Good. That's good. That's good. Well, with that, the, okay, so with the We've got that, uh, the, the translations or the, the changes in the translations that have happened aren't changing the outcome of the message. So 
Um, another question I had uh, was um, who in, uh, who chose what was canon in the Bible? That was mm-hmm. um, I, that's that's a question I get a lot. Say, well, they they kind of it's been kind of picked through and chosen um, what they wanted to put it that way. It you know it said what they wanted it to say. Besides the translation part of it. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. So, so a lot of people in this maybe unfortunately a little bit. Um, uh, so Dan Brown with the Da Vinci Code did a little bit of damage when he sort of made some claims about you know oh Constantine you know decided what was going to be in and with which none of that actually is is accurate and and again that's not that's not that's not me trying to pretend like it's not. I mean very very progressive you know, um, uh, uh, biblical scholars would tell you like guys like Dan Brown are not doing biblical historical, you know, research. Like that's not the purpose of their, of their stuff. And so there are, I have heard now since the Da Vinci Code, people sort of quote that to me like, oh, well, Constantine, no, 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 Constantine didn't do that. And then, you know, a lot of people think the Council of Nicaea uh, was where that was, that was determined. Council of Nicaea did a lot of work towards that, but the Council of Carthage, which was in 397, is actually where they said, no, this, we're now, this is it. This is where, uh, th- these are the, the books of the Bible. And again, like what I would say to to someone who is sort of pushing back on like, well, you know, they cut this out or this out or why, they were they were very intentional about that process of determining what were the inspired books of the Bible. I mean, they, they, they actually had criteria they were going by. They were actually asking questions like, you know, um, uh, what has the church predominantly used over the course of these last several hundred years? What were the early uh, church fathers? Um, like they, 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 they led, they, um, sorry, they, they relied heavily on, um, were eyewitnesses the authors of these books? That was another one of the criteria. Like, it's great if a disciple of Peter wrote a book about Jesus, but we, we don't want the disciple of Peter's account. We want Peter's account, right? And so that, th- that was part of the criteria for determining what books were added into uh, into, into canon and, and, and so on. And so again, I won't go super deep, deep into that, but, but there was, there were criteria like those that were used when determining, you know, why, why the gospel of Mark gets in, but the gospel of Thomas doesn't. Right. And so, and so that's, that's sort of ultimately where we landed. And, uh, it was, it was not just some guy randomly over the course of 30 minutes saying, well, just do you use these 27, those, those look good. (laughs) (laughs) So in that case, then it's almost um, it's almost goes without saying that somebody wants to make this argument. The best thing they could do was perhaps to research that topic themselves. Correct. I mean, yeah. that, it kind of points to what you're saying. It points to even you know in modern day, you know um, how you know how, how how we would approach anything today. You know, using yeah. the authors. That- I would even I would because because I think we're all we're all guilty of confirmation bias, right? Like we're all guilty of looking up and researching areas that back up what we already want to believe or what we already want to think, right? right. And you can find things out there kind of across the spectrum. I, I would for someone who's really genuinely saying, hey, I want to know more about this. I would look, I would, I would research. So uh, Dan Wallace is a, is a guy who a lot of what I'm telling you guys is stuff that I took, I got from Dan Wallace. Okay. He's a biblical text critical scholar. Um, there's a, there's a couple of debates out there between Dan Wallace and Bart Ehrman, right? And so I, I would, I would look up those debates and you can kind of hear them go back and forth on their perspective and their, 
their 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 side of 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 the coin and um and i find again that like you know at least this is just how i'm wired like i want to hear bart Ehrman defend his 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 position i, I want to hear dan wallace you know defend defend his position um and so anyway there's a lot of stuff that you can read so that will that will just give you one side or the other uh, i find the stuff that kind of goes back and forth to be really helpful if you're willing to be a critical thinker as it comes to the information that's being disseminated so that's the um that's the key word right there if you're willing <laughs> if you're willing yeah yeah uh, it goes both. It goes both ways, right? It goes, it goes both, both ways. ways. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's that, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. All right. So, would you think, um, or let me ask this question: Is it foolish to believe that there's only one way to be saved? What makes Christianity different from other religions? Say, um, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being a, a Muslim or a Hindu or something like that. Yeah, great question. So, yeah, um, I could answer that probably a few different ways. Let me, let me just say this. I, I, think, I think we are living in, in a day and in a culture, right, where, um, where we're living in a very inclusivistic, right, sort of, sort of culture where, where folks want to say, hey, you know, all religions are the same, so on and so forth. What, what I would say is that, is that typically the person who claims that or says that is coming from a non-religious background, right, because they're there isn't a single world religion that would say, oh yeah, we're, we're the same as the other world religions, right? That doesn't, like whether you're talking about from a Christian perspective or a Muslim or, Hindu, I mean, all that, they would say, no, no, we have differences in, in our religions. There may be some, some, some similarities in terms of some morality issues that we all would agree on, or, but when it comes to, for down to the, the core, like end of the day, like foundational principles, all world religions say, no, we're a little different. So when it comes to Christianity, this actually gets back to what we talked about a, a minute ago, which is what do you believe about the Bible? Okay. You know, what do, what do you think the Bible actually is? Right. And so hopefully for someone who's struggling to believe that we have the words that were originally written, maybe we've put that to bed, right. That we have the words that were originally written now in light of that, what do you believe about these words? Like, are these the inspired words of God or are these something else? Right. And, and I think if you believe these are the inspired words of God, um, you know, scripture in the new Testament is, is fairly clear in terms of say Jesus saying, Hey, like I'm here and, and I'm your way. Like I am your way. If you want to experience life with the father, right. In, in heaven. Um, I completely understand and I completely empathize with the modern mindset that doesn't want to accept that. I get it. I, 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 I get it. Like, I really like, there's a part of me genuinely that doesn't want it to be that way, (laughs) that, that way. Right. But at the same time, like I do have a more orthodox view of what scripture is and, how we interpret it and, you know, and, and, and all of that. And so, you know, I, I would just, that's one of those where, you know, if someone is, if you're, if you're, if there's someone in your life who is struggling with that concept, right. So going back to Deb and her brother-in-law, right. You know, like if there's someone in your life who is genuinely struggling with that concept, you know, I, I think what I would say to them is again, I, I get it. I really, really get it. But, but it, this all goes back to what we believe 
that the Bible is and what it's not. And, you know, again, if you do enough research, I think you absolutely can come to the place where you academically believe it to be true, right? Because I think that's something people like, oh, it's either just faith or or reason. No, no, like I, I've done a lot of research on this and like my personal research has led me to go, wow, okay, this is this is true. Like I can believe that this is what it says that, that it is. And then therefore, you know, I feel like I have to interpret what it says as best I can with my own human brain and right <laughs> and, 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 and too. So, so no, I don't think all that to say long-winded way of saying, no, I don't think that you're, you know, that, that you're whatever, that you're some, somehow small-minded if you believe Jesus is the way to, to, to God. But, but I do think that it, it begs a deeper question it, to have to have the conversation with someone. Well, what do we believe the Bible is? Like we got to start there because that's going to ultimately determine what we believe about that particular question. Yeah, I, I question real quick, Joe. Um, is it true? Because um, something that either heard or read or researched somewhere and came up with. Uh, so it's a yeah, genuine question. Uh, is it true that Christianity is set apart from other religions? by the uh by the aspect of grace is that is that a true statement so, so i have not heard that i've not heard it said that way tell me a little bit go a little bit deeper into, into what basically that. just that uh you know that that um that saving grace is you know not of of ours that um that it's you know unmerited grace you right. know from a creator that I, I got what you're saying. Other religions kind of come from more of a earn it sort of mentality, whereas Christianity is coming more from from a you know we can't earn it; it's a grace given to us. That sort of what you're right. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. A, it's a big difference. Yeah, that's a, that's a big difference between uh, Christianity and other uh, other religions. I mean, again, not to like bore you guys to tears, but I mean, you the origins of Christianity are very different than other world religions, right? So Christianity was born in in a basically in a powerless way right i mean you know, the people who were the early church leaders were were not big and famous and you know and that's another thing that's i think very kind of helpful to one's faith is like they they didn't pursue power sex money the kinds of things that like you know cult leaders maybe pursue ultimately when they begin something they were actually pursuing this very top or this very bottom down sort of like leadership structure. You look at other, and I'm not here to bash other world religions, but you look at other world religions, it was often like someone in power who started the religion, Siddhartha Gautama, who's, you know, Hinduism, he was a prince. You look at Muhammad and it, like he was a, a, like a powerful warlord, like, like it was coming from these places of power, whereas Christianity kind of grew from this very powerless place, which is different that's a very different uh different unique uh avenue for a a a world religion to grow from i mean it's it's i would say it's pretty miraculous that christianity made it out of the first century honestly when you look at what was stacked against it all right question number three this was her last question can you be saved without believing the bible um, I, I would, I would maybe, just, I, I guess, I would ask for a little bit more clarity in terms of what Deb means by that, right? Because I, I would say that, and this is not a, not a right or wrong thing. Different the, I'm not talking about progressive or conservative. I'm talking about like just different orthodox theological understandings of the Bible 
can be a little different from each other, right? I mean, there there are different theologies you know, theologies out there that you know that that can look at the Bible and look at a passage of the Bible and interpret something a little differently, right? Um, so if if the question is is there one way to understand and believe the Bible, one theology that is 100% accurate? What you know, I would say, ooh, that's I, I'm not sure we can definitively say that. Right. If we're talking about just a, again, really kind of back to what we were saying a second ago, what is your understanding of scripture? Like, you know, if you're, is your understanding of scripture that, you know, none of it is inspired and the resurrection is just metaphorical. I mean, if, if that's where you're going, I would say that is not necessarily a salvific view of, 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 of scripture. Right. Um, so that's, that's not to be kind of, kind of wishy-washy, but that's, I just, I want to be a little bit careful in answering that. Cause I think that, 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 that question could be maybe, um, asking asking something that i don't know asking something that maybe is hard to to tease out in 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 the sort of simplicity of the question if that makes sense yeah and and what isn't that part of uh part of the majority of believers walks isn't that um understanding of the bible that that comes from first believing and um accepting christ and then having the Holy Spirit be able to lead you and interpret scripture. Yeah, and- that's great, Tony. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said it that way. Yeah. That's a, that's a much clearer way to say what I was trying to get across. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they found like the foundation of salvation is belief in Jesus. I, I would say, right. That's like, that's the bottom of the Jenga tower is I, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ, you know, died, rose again. He came for me, you know, right. That is, that is the foundation. And then from that foundation, we begin to, as you said, through the power of the Holy Spirit, learn to interpret and again, like well, none of us are going to be perfect. Like none of us have a perfect interpretation of scripture, right? None of us do. So I, I hope that my salvation is not dependent upon me having a perfect interpretation of, of the Bible, right? Um, but just like you said, man, it starts with Jesus and then we build off of Jesus. And, and then over time, I completely believe the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. And we'll sometimes get in the way. We'll sometimes, you know, put our own our own experience and life into our, our understanding or interpretation. But but again, like I think if you're leaning into the spirit, yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, that's sort of where our understanding and interpretation grows as we mature in that in that Christian walk. All right. Well, again, I want to thank uh, Joe for joining us tonight, and we we really appreciate it, man. We uh, we there's some stuff we may call on you again. For some other episodes. pleasure. I'm, I was happy happy to be here, and absolutely, if uh, if you guys want to chat chat uh chat stuff like this or you know anything that that comes up, I'd be happy to to jump on. This is fun. Yeah, man, enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. having you. Thank you, uh, Deb, for the question. And if you've got a question for us, uh, just send us a message on Facebook, and uh, we'll see you next time. Tony, Joe, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks, Aaron.